nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Joining me tonight is Rafa and Royce. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Warming up from last night's <laughs> little chilly game. <laughs> doing yep. fine. We're, we're going to get to where where is Rafa freezing at because uh, that's what <laughs> high school soccer is about. Um, in a minute here. Uh, after after the uh, after the introductions here, but uh, uh, please mute your phones if you're the host. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what I made that face. I was like, "We're doing sound effects now. Cool. <laughs> I'll get some drops together. We'll make this." I was fun. like, oh, "We're off to a good start." <laughs> so, uh, Royce, how's work been for you? Yeah, I know you're returned back to work since the last show. Yeah. Um, dude, I got so many projects. I've, I don't want to get on the details, but there's just a lot, a lot. Like I have crapped a review at home today when we get done with this. So and I have a, a subdivision that's due uh, on Friday and I'm like halfway done with it. So tomorrow's going to be uh, uh, frantic is the word frantic. So, <laughs> yep. And uh, Robert, we will get to the happy Jordan Far Day uh, for that here. And of course, Matt, uh, let's go. And we're about ready to do that here with Rafa here very quickly. Uh, so let's start out with you, Rafa. Um, week three, where have you been? What's going on? How you feeling? Been trying to stay warm. So anyone wants to endorse me for some of those hot, those uh, heated vests, <laughs> send me and Coach Hano one our way. <laughs> so. Uh, we've actually been seeing some quite a few games this past week. Um, I did see it was on Friday night. I did catch a pretty good game between uh, Alamo Heights girls versus Buda, Buda Johnson. That was a very saw some a couple golazos on that um, on that game. And then Saturday we saw a doubleheader uh, with O'Connor and Marshall uh, for the boys and the girls. That was a great, great week. And then yesterday we took a trip out to out to the boonies up in Bernie yeah, and <laughs> see a champion play the defending 5A girls state champion Dripping Springs, the Lady Tigers. And, you know, it, it was probably the, our game of the week. And, you know, it, it everything had shown it was a great game, and which I'll get into the details in a bit. But like I said, it was, it was a good game, a little chilly, but – Exciting! I think I think that was a just to say there's a little preview of what we're gonna see hopefully sometime later in April, right before the state playoffs. So, do you think is Dripping Springs kind of your team of the week there? I know you mentioned that was your 
uh, game of the week, but you know, were, were they the team of the week or uh, Harlan? They, I think Harlan boys had a pretty successful week as well. Yeah, they had a good week too. But like I said, just as far as you know, in the region four, I'm gonna like I said, start with a 5A girls region four. Uh, you know, Dripping Springs is going to be the team to beat. I, I honestly thought Bernie Champion was going to give, and they did give him a game, but, you know, you know, first district game, a little, little nerves and so forth. And, um, you know, because watching Bernie Champion play a few weeks ago against South Lake Curl, and they went toe-to-toe with him, and they actually dominated that game. And I was expecting, hey, this is going to be, they said, this is going to be a close game. And it was for a while. Each team had really good chances. They both have great goalkeepers. I want to give props to them, to both teams for the goalkeepers. I think Dripping Springs' keeper has got uh, Oklahoma State commit. Uh, but same thing with Bernie Champions, she made some great saves. Uh, kind of kept the kept them you know in the game. And then finally, Dripping Springs broke through. Uh, they got a you know turnover. You know, really pressed there on their defense and just nailed one in. And then went in the half with a 1-0 lead, and then the Dripping Springs kind of like smelled blood, and they just went at it the second. They dominated the second half, and uh, they got the second goal on a beautiful shot from of a free kick. That I told Coach Connell, like, I kind of told him, here, I know where she's going to shoot it at. And right, sure enough, placed it on the left cor- top corner, and and probably if I, if you watch the video on Facebook, you'll see, you'll see the Golasso there. So it's a, it was a great shot, and Dripper Strings ended up holding on and winning two to zero. So it was a great game. Looking forward to seeing that that rematch in the second round of their district play. So I'm sure I'm sure Brandon Champion is going to look at that game, see what what adjustments to make. You know, because they were in it, and I think they were just little. I don't know if they felt a little intimidated or just just nerves, but. You know, it's it's going to be a, a great game for them, you know, on the second time around when they go to Dripping Springs. So hopefully maybe they get a positive result over there. But I do know, like I said, Dripping Springs will be back, I think, on Friday. That's a matchup against Alamo Heights. So that should be a good one, too, as well. Anything on the boys' side that you want to stand out before we get to, your, you know, your uh, Rafa's Power 15? Yeah, boys' side. Like I said, we had one one big game last week, which was Reagan and Lee, because uh, one of the classicos, and uh, they tied one one. You know, I kind of expected that game to be very close. You know, they're some of our top programs. Like I said, well, Lee being our defending six A state champ, even though they've had some little, you know, some you know, had a couple losses, but like I said, it's against, you know, top-notch competition. So, you know, don't really knock on them. You know, they're they're not shying away to play for, uh, who they're going to play against. And so for same thing with Reagan. Um, uh, did see get to see, like I said, O'Connor's another good team. We did get to see them play, but they did lose yesterday to, to Harlan. And Harlan is for real. We, like I said, I've seen them a couple times. And so they have a good opportunity to go deep in the playoffs. And then, like I said, Southwest as well. You know, they started their district season. They're, they had a big win. And I think they should have no problem you know, winning that district. And then we'll see how, how deep in the playoffs, you know, they'll go in. Going in. I know they did have a loss with Veterans Memorial down in Bronzeville. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll learn from something like that because that's kind of been a little bit of a kryptonite was playing those Valley teams. And hopefully they'll learning from that will get them ready when they, if they do see that team again. In, down in, in, in later on in March. 
And I know you do kind of a, a, a statewide with uh, Coach Cano and the 5050 uh, podcast here. Any thoughts on how San Antonio area teams are, are comparing stateside at this point? I know it's still early in the season. It, it, yeah, it's still, it's still early. Um, you know, 6A, we'll find out, like say, um, you know, outside of San Antonio, if you go up 35, you know, you got teams like Austin, you know, Austin, well, actually, like Lake Travis, Vandergriff, they're going to be contenders. Uh Westlake, but Westlake actually, I just found I saw they lost last night at home to uh, an upstart team, uh, Del Valley. Del Valley might be that dark horse from the Austin area. Uh, they've, I think, they've only had one loss in the season, and they've gotten a couple good wins. So keep an eye on them. Uh, Ron Ruckman Neal is another team, you know, in Region Four. So I think Region Four is going to be pretty stacked for the Six A boys. 5A boys, you know, like I said, it's it's a little bit um, open, um, you know, just, you know, it could be, you know, it could be Southwest, it could be a team from the Valley, like it's like like a Porter or Lopez. Um, one of the teams that's kind of flying under the radar is actually the Dripping Spring boys team, and they mm -hmm. were pounding on the Bernie Champion boys last night. Um, at, at Drooping Springs, so keep an eye on them. I think they could be just as deadly as the as their girls team. And then state kind of outside statewide. There's some good teams in the Dallas area. Like I said, you have your your Dallas and Houston's like, got a couple. Marcus, of them. Uh, one team out west is the uh, East Lake from El Paso. They actually beat the five A boys state champs, and they did it. You know, uh, you know, beat them pretty good. So, and that was the one game I was kind of looking forward to last year. We thought it was going to be East Lake versus Lee final, but East Lake got eliminated. So, I, th I think East Lake's probably on a mission to get get into that state term after that disappointing loss that they had last year. So, a lot of great teams. And then I also uh, for four A, you got to give some love for four A. Uh, the Bernie boys, I think they had a, they did well in that Progresso tournament. I think they won that tournament, so they're still the favorite to come out of this region to defend their title. And as far as the girls' side, um, I know Cal is still still the team to beat, but I see the Bernie girls as one that, that could challenge them, you know, and hopefully break through and get into the state tournament Georgetown come, come April. And there is a question from Doc who is taking a break from uh, Mr. Moneybags, uh, Newcastle United uh, transfers uh, and, and all the rumors through there. Uh, but he has a question. Did he miss the uh, Johnson Jaguars section? And, and of course, he followed up that uh, uh, they did beat uh, Lake Travis uh, uh, for that here. So, that's why Mr. Moneybags here, uh, the Johnson Jaguars, uh, anything of note this week? Well, like I said, the, with the ranks, they'll speak for themselves. Like I said, Johnson's, like I said, they're, Johnson's also a sleeper team. I have seen them play. You know, that was a good win for Lake Travis, but I did hear Lake Travis. Did play? They kind of keep some of their players out in the second half. So, uh, but hey, it, it wins a win, you know, and you know, it, and that's it's a win on their on their belt, and and I, I think, like I said, that's a good motivator for the team. So, like I said, our, when it comes to six way boys, you know, Austin and San Antonio, you got some very stacked teams that anyone can. You got about six of them, that, five or six of them that can end up going to the state tournament and then possibly a couple teams from the Valley. You know, you have like a Bronzo Rivera, Bronzo Hannah, 
you know, possibly even Juarez Lincoln. That's another team that could sneak up there from the Valley to get into the state playoffs. So we have, like, like I said, very stacked when it comes to six day boys. So let's get into uh, the uh, fan mail for uh, Rafa uh, here. Uh, so with the uh, Rafa's 2022 high school, we're going to start out with the girls' rankings uh, for that here. Uh, number 15, we have uh, Southwest. Any thoughts on Southwest at this point? Uh, there's just started district. They got a district win over Medina Valley. I think they're the favorites to win their the 29-5A title. Um, we'll see how far they'll make it down as far as getting to the play, as far as the playoffs to see, hopefully they can do, you know, make a deep run you know, a little bit better than last year. Next team at 14, uh, the Taft, uh, lady Raiders here, uh, locally over on my side of town here. Taft's been good. They've been a real consistent team. Like I said, I was told they're one of the top three teams in district 29, 6A. Uh, they're going to contend with O'Connor and also with Brennan. We'll see. We'll find. We'll find out out of the three who ends up with the district championship this year. And you mentioned Saturday is a, a big match uh, yeah. with Taft that uh, that you may uh, find your way out there. Yeah, I may make my track out there on <clears throat> for Saturday for the Lady Raiders versus uh, the Lady Bears from Brennan. So that'll be that's going to be a good matchup. I think it's at two p.m. there at Gustafson Stadium. Thirteen, uh, the Lee Volunteers. Uh, Lee, like I said. Another contender for that district, uh, 28-6A. They were idle this week. They didn't play this week, so they'll have their fr they'll play a district game, I think, that's coming this this Friday. At number 12, uh, a rival in the district, the Madison Mavericks. Yeah, Madison, like I said, they started well, but they did tie last night. They did have a tie last night uh with uh with reagan so that's a good result for them like i said playing a, a, one of the top notch one of the favorites like this is in region four so like i said i see good things coming up for madison to try to contend for that 28 6a title and uh doc's team uh number at uh, number 11 uh the lady jaguars yeah, another another team this this just shows how to, for the girls 28 6 same uh same district yeah, you see how deep that district is, and they tied as well too last night. Um, like I said, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a shame that a couple of teams are not gonna be, you know, there's only four st spots in the playoffs, so it's gonna be a shame that a couple of them are gonna be left off. So, I, I think Johnson probably can get that that third or fourth spot. Um, from Taps, uh, John Paul the second Guardians out of shirts. Yeah, they're like I said, one of the Taps favorites for their for five. Uh, I think for four A, um, they're ten and two currently right now. Uh, they did have a win last night. Like I said, they're in the middle of their district season and should be wrapping it up. I'm thinking in a couple of weeks, uh, but they're going to be probably one of your favorites to to win that four A title for for Taps girls. Taps dis district three uh, for you yeah. along those lines here. Uh, number nine, uh, the Burning Greyhounds. Uh, the Bernie Greyhounds they did uh, didn't play yes last night, but they did play in that Governor's Cup and they had some good results. I mean, I, I know they went one one and one, but they played some you know really uh, great competition. Um, you know, they did beat McCallum and Moore, which is a team in five A uh, that's been a perennial power in the past for, for the Valley. Um, so I like I said, I see them winning. Should no ha have no problem winning their district. 
and also hopefully getting seeking some revenge against Cooper's Chris Allen in the playoffs. Number eight from uh, also in because they're a north side school, but I believe they're on the northeast. Yeah, twenty eight six A. Yep, twenty eight six A. Clark Cougars. Yeah, they that that's this is one team that really, you know, wasn't on the radar. You know, coming the preseason and they're nine and two right now. They had a big win last last night, and um, you know, what can you say? They they could be like I said, at sleeper team. And that is so they could sneak up and you know challenge Reagan, or even like I said, Madison for for that district and Johnson for that district title. Bernie Champion at seven. I know they played last night and were on the uh, short end of the stick. Yeah, still still a top ten caliber team. Like I said, I think they'll bounce back from the loss. So hopefully they'll learn from that loss. And uh, you know, if, if the things go right for them, like I said, if they can take care of business with some of those those North Austin area teams, you know, uh, they can knock off like Liberty Hill or Georgetown or Eastview or Cedar Park. I could see them in a rematch in a regional final with Dripping Springs. Number six, Alamo Heights. Yeah, the Alamo Heights that played last night, they were undefeated until New Braunfels Canyons knocked them off. They It was an upset. They lost 1-0 and – we did see, like I said, did see Alamo Heights play on Friday. A great, good team. Um, like I said, there were ones that was kind of try to challenge Dripping Springs and Bernie Champion, but you know that's a that's that's not a good you know uh, kind of a hurtful loss. You know, losing to New Braunfels Canyons. Hopefully, like I said, now they have to kind of rebound, get ready for Dripping Springs on Friday, and they sure don't want to go one uh, one and two to, into the district play and try to play catch up. So top five at number five, we got from Taps Antonian. Uh, Antonian, like I said, for six A girls, like I said, they were idle last week, uh, this Tuesday, but they have a great record. They're at twelve three and two. Uh, should be the favorite to win the Taps district title and hopefully make a deep another deep run into the playoffs. They went pretty far last year as well, yeah. right? If memory yeah. me correct. Number four, uh, Reagan Rattler. So the fifth from uh, the was it twenty. District 28. Yeah, District 28. And like I said, Reagan, they actually tied last night uh with with Madison. And like I said, like I said, they're the they're they have a big target on their back, you know, for the district title. I, I still think they're gonna be my they're still my favorite to win the district title. And hopefully they can also bounce back from you know that loss that they had with Bandergriff and and make a deeper run into the playoffs come you know, come March. Number three, we got the Brennan Bears, uh, who will be facing Taft, uh, you mentioned, this weekend. Yeah, Brennan got a big win you know, last night. Like I said, they have a big game coming up on Saturday against Taft, uh, one of the top three teams for 29-6A. Like I said, they're one of the three uh, favorites to win that district title. Uh, so they've been – they've had a great season. They've been a couple great teams. Um, so they're march, marching along and – and like I said, don't sleep on them. They made a good run last year. They got did they did lose to Vandergriff last year in the playoffs, but they give them a game. So you know, keep an eye on them. I think they'll they'll contend and get into the regional tournament. And number two, O'Connor, uh, another great team. Like I said, O'Connor. Like I said, we get to, did get to see them play Saturday. Very very great. You know, good team. Uh, lots of talent. Uh, I think they're going to do some. A lot of great things in the playoffs. Like I said, 
But like I said, coming in contention with Brandon with Taft, like I said, we'll find out out of the three who can win the district title for 296A. But they did have a big key win, which is actually our number one team back in a few weeks ago. And then number one, Smithson Valley Rangers. Yeah, Smithson Valley's eight and one. Like I said, they're uh, have seen them play. I think they're they have a good shot, you know, knocking off some of those Austin area teams. They did knock off with um, I think recently. I think they knocked off Westlake, I believe, in a in the non district game. Um, so, you know, also they did beat Dripping Springs actually in a scrimmage. You know, it was it was played like a real, it felt like a real game, like a regional final. So, Smithson Valley, like I said, the Lady Rangers uh, are my number one team, and like I said, though they're they're my favorite to hopefully pull through and get into the regional that regional tournament and possibly get into the state tournament this year. And I know Dripping Springs is more Austinish, mm-hmm. but you know, final question on here, but. If we included Dripping Springs, I'm assuming they'd be top five for sure. Probably top top two. Where where do you think that they would? They'll probably be number one. They'll number probably one. be number one. Yeah, they they they, they have so much talent on that team. Uh, it's like it's, it's what's scary is like they graduated a couple of, a few of their good players, that, but they just reloaded. The scary part also about that team, I did get to watch their JV game. Their JV team is just a stacked as their varsity and they can possibly even beat some varsity teams you know if do they have a strong academy program over there or do they just feed off the austin the austin lone star area i think a lot of that when i was told they a lot of their players play were staying with also lone stars club so they're getting they're playing a lot of the top tier you know club soccer during the off season also playing those showcases so and you can tell them by te- technically they, they they touch the ball well and they communicate well. They very rarely make mistakes, you know. And and in order to beat them, you have to take advantage of some of those mistakes. And, and so this, this is a very complete team. And like I said, I I, I can see them going back to back winning the district, uh, state championship this year. So moving over to the boys' side here, uh, we're going to start out with Lavernia. So give them some uh, love, Lavernia. Like I said, they've uh, one of the newer programs. Um, they're at six, two, and two, and uh, they're about to, I think, start district play coming up. And I think they'll, they'll be one of their favorites for the for I think they're in district. I think twenty eight four a. So they couldn't be able. Like I said, they're going to be the probably the favorites for that district title. Davenport, that number fourteen. Uh, Davenport, another. Second, second year program. They're at six one and one. Uh, what can you say? They've played. They won some big games, and you know further. You know, in the winner division, I think they start district play next week. So you got to be uh, be one of the ferrets to challenge uh, the Bernie Greyhounds in that district. Thirteen uh, Brackenridge. Uh, Brackenridge, another surprise team. They've played well. Uh, currently, they are at uh, seven and one, you know, in their district. Uh, they're in district twenty-seven. I think the twenty-seven six, I believe twenty-seven five a. Um, so they're in contention with for that title. I know it's a kind of a two-team race in that district, with also with the Lanier Vokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're twenty-seven. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Antonian from Taps uh, sneaks in at number twelve. 
Yeah, they're having a great season. They're nine, two, and one, and um, they may be the favorite to knock off uh, Central Conflict in that Taps district. I think they have a good shot. I know they're going to be playing them pretty soon. Uh, like I said, Central Conflict has kind of been struggling, and I think this is the year that Antonia can not only win the title but also go deep in the playoffs. And and uh, I'll play spoiler, but. Uh... For the first time in, in a long time, maybe I know since we started this show, uh, Central Catholic is not in in the top top of your polls here. So uh, on that here, so it's been a little bit of a down year for Central Catholic, even though they're a very competitive team at this point. At number eleven, uh, the Lanier uh, Volks, as, as you were just talking about with Brackenridge. Yeah, Lanier, they're. They're nine and two. I uh, heard some good things about them. Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna check out a game versus Sam Houston on on uh, I think February the. I'm trying to get my dates right. The second, uh, they're gonna play at Alamo Stadium. I heard they have two dynamite forwards, and I'm gonna go check them out. Let's see, they said they've been doing a lot of damage. You know, putting the balls in the net. So they're the favorite for the. Like I said, for 27s 5A, and I think. Um, I think they should, like I said, should win that district title. But like I said, Brackenridge may give them some, give them a run for their money in that district. Number ten, Bernie Greyhounds. Uh, yeah, Bernie Greyhounds. Like I said, they're the defending Forest Boy State champs. Um, they've played some some tough competition. You know, they they play in the Alamance Height tournaments. They had a couple setbacks, but like I said, you playing the best is going only going to make you better and. You know, that's what the state champs do. And like I said, they did go down to the Valley, to, I think, to the Progressive Tournament and won that tournament. So, you know, then there's a couple contenders down there that I know Bernie is probably going to see, like Hidalgo and also Progresso that, you know, we'll see in the playoffs. And I, I, like I said, they're going to, they should win their district. And like I said, I think I do see them winning the region again this coming year. Churchill Chargers and uh, sneaks in at number nine. Yeah, Churchill. They're at currently at seven and one. They've they've kind of snuck up on some people. And I know they had a, a one one with that one setback they had with uh, with Southwest, but they're able to been to kind of patch things patch things up together again. And they've got a little winning streak going. And like I said, no one was really kind of you know seeing them too much as far as continue for the district but you know you can't fall asleep on them and like i said they could sneak up on you know reagan or even lee um for that district title i think i think churchill will be there in the end to get that third or fourth spot for the you know for the for the playoffs number eight cornerstone warriors which i think is kind of a unique team i can kind of tell a little bit more about them um i know they've had a pretty successful uh season at 12 2 and 1 but uh uh, if you can tell a little bit more about the the Cornerstone uh, story here, yeah, Cornerstone. Well, they're an independent. Well, they're your private school, but they're playing an independent schedule. Uh, they did go to that Northeast Elite Tournament. Uh, they did had some mixed results there, but they are twelve two and one. Uh, they've beaten some quite a few some good teams. I don't know. They've beaten like Loretta United. They've beaten Del Rio. They've beaten a couple other ones and some other private schools. Um, for them, they're not affiliated with TAPS or SPC or with TCAL. Uh, hopefully, in the near future, maybe they'll re-enter TAPS and, like I said, hope they'll see if they can get, this, you know, be a contender against like maybe Antonian or even uh, 
Central Catholic, and then hopefully next year or, or the or a couple of years from now. Number seven, uh, Doc's team, uh, Johnson Jaguars. Yeah, Johnson doing well. Like I said, they they did well at the Lakes tournament. Like I said, they're at seven and three. Like I said, they're going to be a cont uh, contender for for that twenty uh, that twenty twenty eight six A title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 26A, yeah, 6A. So, you know, I did get to see them play a few weeks ago when they played against so a really good Clemens team. And we were able and play and played shorthanded too. They were down a man and they still just to put a, a put whooping on a Clemens on, on that game. So, you know, don't sleep on them. Like I said, they'll can surprise some teams and I, I see them um, coming up. And they say, yeah, it might be better than the seven. Well, we'll say it's, it's still early in the season. So, you know, things will change, and that's why I waited for a while. But like I said, things are going to change for a bit with the next coming weeks. Especially with district play starting to yeah. come into play. Uh, number six, uh, rival uh, Lee Volunteers. So, at, uh, you know, speaking of uh, strong district in 28, you got six, seven, and nine uh, listed already out of that district. Yeah, Lee. I uh, had a couple setbacks on the Alamo Heights tournament, a couple, one controversial one against uh, Arlington Heights, which a uh, goal should have never been allowed. But like I said, they're not shying away from anybody as far as who they're playing. And like I said, they did, did all right there at the, at the lakes, at the lakes tournament. You know, I think they, they beat Clemens. I know they had a loss there um, on their last game, but like I said, don't count them out. You know, like I said, they they recently beat Roosevelt six to one. So, you know, and I know they tied Reagan one one. So that just shows you they they still have that talent, and, and they're you know they're not going to back down from anybody. Like I said, they're still the state champs. You know, the record might not reflecting on it, but don't like I said, can't sleep on them because um, like I said, they'll they'll rise to the occasion, and I think like I said, they'll be there in the end as far as getting into contending for another run at the state title. So top five, uh, at number five, we have Alamo Heights. So Alamo Heights, like I said, another, because like another game, like I said, um, another team, another sleeper team, they're like, it's doing well. Um, a big game coming up on Friday against Drooping Springs. That's going to really, that's going to show me how, if Alamo Heights can contend, be a contender for region four. Um, I know last year they finished, I think they finished, uh, you know, I think in the top, top two, three for their district and, but they got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. So I know that had that bad taste in mouth. I think they want to go further and I think they do have the talent. I did see them play a few games. They do have the talent to go further, but Friday night's going to be a big test for them against Dripping Springs. Number four, Smithson Valley. Smithson Valley there, like I said, they're, on a winning streak, um, I know they got a. Uh, when I was there too, they did get a little shellacking from Reagan, a bit like I said that 5-0 loss, and, um, and but they've bounced back, you know. Then you know, like I said, they're bounced back. They're winning games. They're you know, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and they're they're starting like I said, they're picking at the right time, especially going to district play. Uh, like I said, they're going to be my first for 27-6A, and like I said, they had. You know, they were supposed to play, I think, Lake Travis, but I think that game got canceled because of the weather. Uh, so I, that was, again, I was looking forward to seeing. But like I said, they have the talent to to make some noise and I think to challenge some of those Austin teams and, and they'll go further in the playoffs. Uh, 
Number three, uh, Reagan Rattler is from that strong district, uh, 28, 6A28. Uh, what can you say about Reagan? Reagan's a great team. Like I said, they're at 5-2-1. and one. Um, They did have a loss over there, at, you know, in the in the Lakes Tournament. But um, uh, they're, they're going to be, like I said, they're going toe-to-toe with Lee. Like I said, we'll, we'll see a, the second time they play, who's going to win. Um, when the, Ryan's when, not a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, not not when that loss for the Salt Lake Carroll loss. <laughs> so I think Brian's a, a, a Churchill fan, so that that would make sense uh, <laughs> along those lines. Here. <laughs> so. Yeah, but like I said, Reagan. Like I said, Reagan. Like I said, I, I watching the play. They're the one team that can go toe to toe with Lee, and like I said, they tied one to one. And I'm looking forward for that second that second game. You know, um, that second game they play in the second round of that district. You know, you know, Aiden Philon, yeah, he's one of the best players on that district. You know, keep an eye on him. Hopefully, hopefully the college scouts are watching him too because he, he's a phenomenal player. SAFC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, my my favorite team, uh, Southwest Dragons. Uh, although they did a. Uh, I unfortunately, have a loss that you mentioned down in the in the valley this this year, so not the uh, long undefeated streak to, that they normally have to start out the season. But uh, nice to see them at number two. Yeah, that they're currently right now at uh, six one and one uh, with a one tie with our Loreto Alexander, which I was kind of surprised about that. I thought they would take care of them, um, and then the loss. You know, they were supposed to play a Brownsville Porter, but Porter pulled out. I think they had to do because of COVID. You know, the team might have been struck with COVID. I'm not too sure. Uh, so they end up playing Far San Alamo Southwest, which they took care of business. But they ran into a Brownsville Veterans Memorial team that is one of the top teams there for 5A in the Valley. And, and they had a 2-1 loss for them. And hopefully, they'll, like I said, they'll learn from that game. Um, you know, they'll learn from that game and – and then see, like I said, the kryptonite, the, the Valley teams have been their kryptonite, like Valley View and Porter and all and so, so forth. And hopefully that loss, they learn from that, take care of business and, you know, and get finally punched through and get to, you know, to the state, you know, to the regional final and to the state tournament. And and before we get to number one here, uh, Dave Plan mentioned uh, District 28 is like the SEC, it's six uh, deep with teams competing for top four. I think that goes, uh, you know, from boys and girls looking at your uh, preseason or mm-hmm. not your preseason rankings, uh, but the uh, Power 15. And I just saw I need to update the preseason on here, but uh, for that here. Um, but uh, District 28 seems to be seems to be a beast. Yeah. And then the number one, the Harlan Hawks from the north side. Uh, from what I can tell, they've had a pretty good season. Uh, I know they got two losses, but uh, you know, how do you think that they compare? Um, obviously, they're number one, you know, in the San Antonio area. But uh, you know, how do you think that they can compare against the Valley and, and teams from Austin? Um, I, I know they went up to the Lakes tournament. I know they were shorthanded a couple of players, but to me, like I said, watching them play the, a couple of times already, they have a great chemistry. The players don't really know each other. They feed off each other. And um, I know the one game we went to go watch them play against Brenham, they, they struggled a little bit, you know, but they were able to they were able to pull it out, you know, you know, towards the end. And 
and so they found a way to win, and that's and the, sometimes that's and that's how teams are going to be. You're going to have to find a way to dig, dig deep, and pull it off. And I see and the way where Harlan's at as far as with District 29, uh, 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 6A, you know, um, you know, they they have a good path to get into that regional semifinal again, like they did last year. You know, when they lost to, to like Travis. Uh, so they have a good shot of doing that again. And maybe, like I said, things fall their way and they can sneak in and, and get into that state tournament, you know, knock off somebody in, their, in that regional final, whether it could be Lee or Reagan or one of those Austin teams to get into that final. And then uh, I'll, I'll give one here. Go Harlan. The boys have been together for a while here from Alex Pena. Um, but uh, Dave also asked uh, thoughts on Coach Robert getting hired as head coach of Texas A&M San Antonio. Um, and then following uh, with that, will it hurt Southwest here? So um, I know you've been interested. You've talked to me a couple of times about the Texas A&M San Antonio program program here. So, you know, thoughts on uh, the new coach and the impact on Southwest, if you have any. Well, uh, that's going to, like I said, um, they're in a tough conference. And the reason why I know it, because I work, I work for a right for the rival school for UHE and my, and like I said, my, the school that I work for, you know, they've won the the conference title the three out of the last four years, and I, I'm sure he'll do a good job recruiting, finding the right players. Even though it's still a new program, you know, like I said, we t we had we took our lumps early on when like I guess when I first started out, you know, when, when Coach Rigsby there at UHV, it took a while to get that program going, but I think so he will get. I think he, he can find the talent here, and then maybe also look around the area. I think he can build a great program and. And you know, and do great things, and try to challenge for that Red River Conference title. And it's NA, what NAIA, NAIA yeah, as the conference that uh, Texas A&M SA is in at this point. Yeah, that's the same conference with, uh, like I said, with the UHU where I work with. Uh, also has our Lady of the Lake, so that's going to be interesting to have a A&M or Lady of the Lake little rivalry there. Um, you also have teams like. Uh, Wiley College, Houston Tillotson, I think yeah, Texas A&M, Texarkana, Jarvis Christian, and then you have two Louisiana LSU schools, Shreveport and um, Alexandria, with rounding up the conference. And then Duck uh, has, I think, what we all say here: uh, great stuff, Rafa. Um, you know, for here with the with the rankings and the the uh, information on the high schools. Any thoughts before we let Royce, uh, you know, uh, you know, start to discuss uh, San Antonio FC and, and the new additions? Uh, like I said, just like I said, look forward to going to some more games. It's like it's always a pleasure. Like I said, uh, hospitality for some of the fans reaching out, watching me live stream some of the games. And uh, this weekend, hopefully, if you're watching Hondo, I'm going to see if I can head out there, give you some love. Like I said, we have two new programs going against each other. Hondo versus Petit. Um, so hopefully I have an opportunity to kind of live stream their games, kind of feature those programs. And then there'll be some other ones. We'll be heading out other places for like for SAISD games, hopefully Harlandale games. So we're going to spread the love. We're just not going to bandwagon with certain teams and stuff. You know, we want to give the love to everybody and, you know, just showcase how much talent we have around the city and in the area. Um, and hopefully, like I said, we, some of these, players end up playing in, in the college, whether it's NCAA or NAIA. So hopefully they'll have an opportunity to play at the next level. And I do want to give kind of a, a shout out on that here to kind of transition more to the professional, even to the college uh, ranks here. Um, 
there was a post, uh, and I know, you know, we've tagged it. I know 50-50 tagged it and, and, and you know, quite a few of other soccer shows here um, around the area and the state here. Um, number one, if you're an athlete, get your videos out, your highlights, you know, put those on social media, Instagram, Twitter, you know, whatever, Twitch, you know, whatever that you do, you know, get your brand out because technically that's what you are. You're a brand. Um, number two, referees. Uh be kind to the referees, whether you're, you know, academies, uh, you know, high school along the lines, they're doing, you know, they are doing their best here uh, for that here. And then number three, coaches, if you can submit your information into either MySA, Max Preps, you know, tag, uh, you know, tag, you know, tag us at the, you know, 210 soccer scores or, you know, hashtag uh, TXHSSOC. That way it helps us and helps everybody else make sure we have the accurate information, making sure that, you know, the kids are getting recognized, you know, with the right information that's out there. Um, you know, it, it takes all of us uh, for that here. So those are my three little tidbits of if coaches, players, and fans uh, can do uh, to help improve the game, especially at the grassroots level of high school, small colleges, you know, and, and the academy structure it'll make things go a lot better for everybody. <laughs> Royce, uh, how are you, my friend? Uh, thank you for uh, waiting through there here. I, I know uh, high school is, uh, you enjoy it, but uh, obviously with your work schedule and young family, uh, not the easiest to get out to and uh, see like uh, Rafa does. And I know I struggle with it uh, with my teenagers. Pretty much, man. Yeah, and I'm also not really from the San Antonio area, so... <laughs> I don't have a lot of links to the San Antonio area, so yeah, that kind of makes it hard as, as well. But I'm gonna have to adopt a team like Curry. <laughs> I, I mean, I live, yeah, I mean, I live fairly close to Harry. I mean, we're in that Stevens, Warren, Taft, Bermuda Triangle, so um, yeah, maybe uh, we'll see. I mean, my kid's four, so I mean, we got 14 years, and who knows, we may not be in this district uh, by the time he goes to high school, so. Well, I guess t 10 years, 14 high school. Anyway, math. I don't want to do math anymore. It's what I do for a living. So anyway, uh, SAFC, we have some new uh, new announced signings. I be believe we have three since our uh, previous show. Three. The first one is uh, Ates Diaf, and I'm sorry mm -hmm. if I mispronounced your name. Uh, but he is a versatile uh, player uh, for the Bold last year. Um, didn't mean to do that here. He played right back for one game. He played one, two, <laughs> yeah. three matches at right mid. The Swiss Army so knife. Five yeah. matches at forward, or six matches. Yeah, five matches at forward, six matches at left mid, all starts. And then, of course, he filled in uh, otherwise here. Um, I know that. Uh, you know, uh, Alan Marcina, uh, per the uh, SAFC communications team, uh, mentioned that uh, he's a convincing off the dribble, has the capacity to cover significant ground. And to me, which I'm assuming Marcina loves the most, he's committed to aggressive pressing actions. And yep. he did that against San Antonio FC in the July 3rd match, as oh, yeah. well as many other matches here. Well, if you watched his highlight package that San Antonio FC put together, <laughs> that's all it was, was him just pressing the crap out of a back line and getting 
clear cut chances off of it, which is exactly what Alan Marcina tries to do. Whenever SAFC is out of possession, they press like crazy. That's why PC is your captain. Cause he is the pressing person. He is the most aggressive person. No matter who he goes up against PC is going to out, out aggressive you. That's what he does. And to have a kid that will basically do the same thing from the midfield where I think Diouf is going to play. Um, Honestly, I think he's going to contend with Elliot for that uh, for that Nathan position, that that ten position that's between um, the the midfield of um, Abu and PC that'll tuck in, and he'll uh, he'll help connect with uh, uh, Loera and Gallegos and uh, Patino. Um, I'm going to disagree with you, and okay. I'm going to go with Rafa. Uh, Rafa, where did you think that he would be filling in when we were talking pre-show? I'm starting. I'm, I'm starting to think now is he may be Epps' replacement. Okay, you know, on the wing, and just because of his size and the speed, mm-hmm. and and, and if, six two, and, and his two. pressing, yeah, and I can see him pressing on a wing really. And, and, and you know, and he's like I said, he could be the one that we need on that side. But like I said, he's the Swiss Army knife, so yeah, he's going to be a good utility player no matter no matter where we put him at. Yeah, but I, like I said, we haven't really. I guess um, sign someone to take Epsis really Epsis spot, and I think he's probably the closest one. Okay. To so I, I can see him playing that spot. But like you mentioned, he can play also the Nathan spot as well. Right. See, I think. Go with me here. Uh, the the Epps spot uh, where I think that is. I think the Epps spot is formerly the Pirano spot which is somebody who's going to take the ball, who's going to dribble, who's going to be very, well, not necessarily direct, but they're going to dribble at you and they're going to break down a defense. That is what Epps did very successfully last year and the fact that he led the league in successful dribbles. Like that huge, that, that's why he got freaking paid um, by Phoenix was just because of that. Um, I think that's Loera's spot. I think Loera, it take the... Epps spot, which I'm calling the Pirano spot. I think that's Loera's. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how I mean we have a preseason to sort this out. I remember, you know, going into the last season having a lot of speculation on who's going to be where. Um, and it it did not turn out to be anywhere near that. <laughs> so um yeah, I mean it it it's a very, very possible thing that he ends up being, you know. Um, that on the Pirano spot for sure. And you'll have, you know, you may not even have Collier um, as the 10, as the Nathan spot. You may have Loera there as a 10 of the Nathan spot. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Loera may actually take over for Gallegos because Gallegos may get transferred. So you have Diouf and you'll have Loera on the wings. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. Um, but at the same rate, it's an, that's an exciting signing. He's young. Um, just looking at his athleticism and how smart he was um, on a press. One of the hardest things to learn as a professional, uh, it's, I mean, speed, you can't learn speed and he obviously has a speed, but it's the press. It's when to press, when to have those pressing actions. Uh, uh, Look at that highlight reel. That's all he did. And he, that's all he did. And he did it very successfully. So that's a very exciting signing. So number one, it continues that Orlando City because he did play with Orlando former City. Former Orlando City B, yeah. So uh, I think that, that just means stuff. I think that just means there's a lot of soccer talent in the Georgia, Florida area. Which, um, duh, I think that's it. 
I think that's it. Uh, that only comes down to um, uh, signing rights or there's territorial rights in MLS. I mean, Josh Sargent. Well, let's not forget who's still in Orlando City. And I'm not saying that they're connected because obviously this, you know, uh, DF spent uh, two years with the Bull. Who's Darren that? Powell's Darren. in Orlando City. Oh, no. Darren, no, he's not. Darren Powell no, is right. with he's Inter in, Miami. In, uh, that's right. He's in Inter Miami. Yeah. Um, he's in Florida, but he's he with came, a different He club. came from Orlando City. That's Correct. That's yes, he did. That's that's my bad. Right. Um, but to me, the reason why I'm kind of excited about this guy, uh, the Bold, not exactly the most uh, offensive known team. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his uh, 38 again. matches, uh, 28 starts here, uh, he had five goals and five assists with 36 key passes with the Bold. Yeah. So if you're getting basically that's that's – From a dude who season. played right back a lot, from a dude who played – like – from a dude who defended a lot and was a midfielder and was a forward had really good numbers. Yeah. But to me coming from the bold, having five goals, five assists, if if he upgrades the team, like I I think offensively we should be better than the bold, um, you know, for that here. Good Lord. Yeah. (laughs) But to me, if he's able to have those numbers with, with the bold and, and, you know, in, in the two seasons that they had and, you know, for that here, you know, giving him the keys to SAFC with his youth, with his youth, with his speed. Um, Mark Bay said he was one of the top five players from the bold uh, for, you know, for the past two years. Um, the, you know, to me, I think, you know, if, if you're going to pick up a player from the bold um, outside of the goalkeeper, which, you know, unfortunately is property of, of Nashville. Um, I'm very happy with, with what we got uh, yeah. you know, uh, from them. So the next signing here, uh, Former, well, current captain, I guess you could say, uh, you know, one of the captains here. Yep. Connor Maloney uh, for the here. Rafa, you know, we'll start with uh, you on, on Connor and kind of, you know, what your views are of, of Connor retuning uh, to San Antonio FC. Well, it was great to have him back. I know last year we had to wait a while with his injury. Yeah. And no, it was, he was going to come back for a while. We were a little, I think he was that little missing piece, that little. The little spark that we needed on the outside, and you know, he he did his he did his thing, and like I said, he helped get us into that into the playoffs. You know, just with his tenacious play. So I'm glad that we got him back. You know, he's a great, like I mentioned, a great locker room guy, uh, leadership. What more do you want from a player? And he knows the system, and he's going to help the like the younger guys. You know, kind of get them in line, and you know, show them the you know show them the SAFC way, and just keeping that core unit, it's going to help. You know, I know a lot of the teams are are buying team players off the market, but that is not going to guarantee wins. You know, they still have to build chemistry. And I think for us going in, we have enough returning players that we're going to have that can't, you know, we're not going to miss a beat, you know, going into the start of the season. You know, we're just plugging in players that can just fit the system and, and they're going to get and help us out at the end. Royce, your thoughts on where you see uh, Connor coming in for uh, 2022? Yeah, that was a, I mean, piggybacking on what Rafa was saying, that was a big thing that Jordan Farr said um, at the end of last season, not to get ahead of myself, um, but was that him coming into the locker room was such a seamless transition and it just felt like it was already a family. That culture had, oh, that was beautiful. The culture had already been um, established and that it was very easy to come in, came with welcome arms, and it was like a, it was like coming into a family. Uh, 
a lot of that family's back, um, which is great, especially PC, especially Maloney. Um, those leaders, um, those generals, those captains on the field, that's what you want back. That's what most San Antonio season ticket members wanted. And they made that very vocal and San Antonio say, listen, because they're bringing all these, um, these core guys back. Um, and it's exciting to see. We'll see where he slots in. Obviously he is an outside back. Um, and the thing that's really exciting is the versatility this really affords Alan Marcina. Connor Maloney, um, in his, this will be his third year with SAFC, can play right back or left back. Beautiful. Right or wing back. Shannon Gomez for Sac Republic and for Trinidad and, Trinidad and Tobago can play right back and left back. So that's very versatile. We also know that PC is a left back that likes to tuck in. Uh, to the midfield to help out um, when needed, or he'll stay out on the wing. Like there's so much um, versatility in this lineup already, just from those three signings, Shana Gomez, obviously the re-signing of Maloney and PC. That's excuse my dog. Um, that's well, I, she's obviously excited about the signings too. Uh, it's <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's it, that that's very exciting. I remember last season kind of not really knowing what was going to happen, um, who the left back was going to be, who the right back was going to be. And that's kind of where we talked about it. I wasn't sure if Epps was going to be that left back because he played for Seattle. If Maloney was going to be a left back, um, who they're going to have as a right back. We were discussing that. We we're kind of like, Oh, where are, the, where are they going to put these guys? Now it's not where they're going to put these guys. It's, how creative can you get putting these guys in the best way to succeed because they're so damn versatile. That's very exciting. The only bad thing about this, and, and it's not a bad thing about uh, um, Connor is, is that with the three that we have here, that most likely signifies that uh, Sam Gleadle is probably not returning uh, for here. Cause I don't foresee him being fourth in line uh, right. coming back here with the talent that he had. Yeah, he he's too damn good to be uh, yeah, so. to be kind of four string. Yeah, so that but, signifies one one. You know, he hasn't announced where he's going yet, but uh, you know, yeah. just with those three signings here, I think that signifies that. So the next signing, um, I'll be interesting to get your guys's uh, feel on this here. Emergency loan to signed uh, goalkeeper. I'm assuming goalkeeper number one. Uh, for that here. Uh, San Antonio signs uh, today. Uh, Jordan Farr, uh, he came in on loan for the playoffs after, unfortunately, uh, uh, Matt Cardone got hurt in the final match uh, of, of the of regular season. season. Yeah. Of the regular season. And uh, Jordan Farr kept in. To me, um, the person that, you know, as far as like immediate impact was from a couple of years ago, Lance Lang. And he was an emergency player, but he was that late season that that just hold on, kind of, kind hold of popped on. here. Hold on, are you forgetting the entire 2021 season? Who are the players that we got kind of last minute that made a huge impact on the team? Uh, Courtney Ford, uh, Mitchell Taintor. Uh, let's go with though. I mean, he was just as effective. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Courtney okay. Ford did not resign. Mitch Tainer. To be honest, did not resign because he went back to Sacramento. Now he came back and has resigned. You know, well, what happened was it was a trade. Probably what happened. 
probably Lance Lane came on, on alone on, and hold signed. On, hold on. Probably what happened with Mitchell Taintor is he went back to Sacramento and said, stuff it, send me back to San Antonio. You guys try to break my leg. That's what happened <laughs> for that conversation. Um, but, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, Ford, you know, Lance, Lance Ford came in. But yes. Yeah, Lance came in. He had, uh, he was hot as nothing um, at the end of almost, the. Almost carried us to the playoffs. Yeah. Jordan Farr almost carried us to the title. Single-footedly with that left foot. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, what was that, the 2018 season and then re-signed him for the 2019 season? I believe yeah, that's when we brought in Billy Forbes and then we all know what happened with that. So, Well. I mean, is is what it is. It's <laughs> the, the magic happened once. I mean, Billy Forbes 2014 season, good lord, amazing with the Scorpions. <laughs> Brought him back for 2017, made the playoffs, and he he started that season hot as nothing. Yes. And but he got hurt, and that's kind of what happens. Um, and then yeah, the the but, third reunion just didn't really go anybody's but way. But back yeah, to I mean, Jordan. But back to Jordan. Yeah, here. more uh, important. Goalkeeper number one, thing. no question. There, there's always a question because you never know who else they're going to bring in. They haven't announced anything else. They, Correct. Manny Neuer may go off his rocker and decide he wants to come to San Antonio FC. Does SS and E say no? <laughs> no, they say yes. So you never know. But short of something like that, or short of Minnesota Saint United Clair coming back, exactly Minnesota United being completely stupid and sending uh, Dwayne St. Clair back. Um, He's probably number one, especially because his jersey number, as uh, stated in that press release, is number one. So he's probably the number one. Yeah. So the side effect to that, Matt Cardoni, um, over 100 appearances with San Antonio FC. The beard. The original 2016 former Scorpion. Do we think that he comes back? Uh, obviously, I think if you're bringing Jordan back, most then likely to, Jordan's going to be your starter. Or at least go going to, into camp, he'll be a starter. Didn't Cardona go to Madison and also Trinity? So, I mean, he is a San Antonio original. So, continue. Do you think Do you think the door's closed or you still do, no. think the door's open? No. Rafa, you go first. I, I think... The door. I think the door is probably closed. I, 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 and then it has to do with more of the not not just because he's he's not a great keeper and all that. I think it has. Yeah, more it's nothing about him being a keeper. It's, I think it has skills I, that he has. You know, this this signing doesn't happen unless because that that injury because of the injury, and I think the injury might be more severe than you know that's probably could be career-ended. You know, and you know, like we're it's only you know, we're speculating right now, but to me, it sounds that way. That in, if you're gonna bring him in, bring Jordan in, that's the only reason why. You know, I don't think you bring in two number one keepers because, like I said, you still have another one where Mercado. You know, I know he's still developing, but he's he's gonna be great. I mean, he's gonna be the future. Or if you are gonna bring a a backup, like a third keeper, or to maybe put Mercado at three and put a more reliable like a backup at two then you would sign sign someone not as maybe as the caliber as Jordan because Jordan's definitely a number one keeper so you know if, do we bring Matt back you know if it's the same situation like with with Diego or Trepo a few years ago 
if he's willing to do that, that's great. If not, like I said, it all depends on what we do as far as that injury. But to me, like I said, Jordan's probably going to be our number one from here on out. See, I don't disagree with that Jordan's going to be in the number one. I think he is. But I also don't think that they're beyond signing Matt Cardoni uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, um, we haven't heard anything from him, so I'm guessing he's still injured, uh, which means he needs to rehab, um, which I wouldn't doubt San Antonio FC would sign him. He's also, Matt Cardoni's a homegrown. He probably doesn't make quite as much money as an outside somebody outside of the um, the organization would make. So I think it would be a good bit of business for SSNE to re-sign Matt Cardoni, have him rehab, have him get back to playing shape, and maybe toward the end of the year, toward the middle of the season, he makes a couple uh, starts to um, to kind of spare uh, uh, Jordan a couple starts. At the same time, you also bring back uh, Carlos Mercado, which we talked about last show, um, because we are going to be participating in the U S open cup this season. And there's, and there's also a two, you know, a weekend off where we're probably going to have a friendly, um, in the middle of the summer in July. So you're going to want Carlos Mercado to play those games. You don't necessarily want Jordan to, um, play all those dang games. So, um, much like in that 2017 season, when we had Diego, we had Matt and we had Lee Johnston, I'm going to do the same thing again and have three goalkeepers uh, this season, which is betting odds. I would put money down that it's Jordan, it's the beard, and it's Carlos. See, I, I think I think the door, is... but the door is not shut to re-sign Cardoni. It's not. That's not. But he's up in age as far as as far as USL. He's not even thirty yet. <laughs> yeah, but as far as USL, but, you know. But you, here, here's the difference, and the reason why I say that is you mentioned he's not thirty, but his ceiling's USL Championship, right? I think we can all agree to that. Most likely, he's not. Most likely, he's not going mm-hmm. over to Europe, or he's going to MLS. Most likely, those days are gone. Okay. Uh, sure. You disagree. Sure. There are a lot of teams. There are a lot of European leagues that are below USL Championship, and I'm not saying a first side division. I'm not saying a second league. No. But there's. I will also of, say this, and and you know, if you uh, would. Our, you know, Mr. Man Bun, our old friend from Oklahoma City, uh, Cody Lewindry, Lo- uh, and I'm sorry. Lorindy. Cody Lorindy. Yep. He posted, you know, and it kind of caught me off guard is with MLS Next Pro coming in, mm-hmm. there is going to be a shortage of goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, just true. because you're adding 30, you know, USL the, the the goalkeepers that would be loaned down from MLS may not be loaned down from MLS. It may go to yep. you know more teams in the MLS Next Pro team. So yep. that's where I think that he could he you know the door's not completely closed. But I also think that Matt's kind of at, at that at at that stage in his life where does he want to continue to play and maybe be a be a you know be a starter slash backup 
or does he want to take that next stage and you know you know in his career and, and life um you know for that here so that's that's why i i hesitate on you're right it's not completely closed and then the other the other factor is is does matt step away from san antonio and and test the waters outside of that you know de depending on de you know because he's played locally um all his careers and it's it's a great story but you know sometimes hey you know it, you know you know do you do you want to be tempted by going out you know because there's a lot of league one teams that are coming there's you know the you know i think he'll be a valuable addition to you know to an mls next pro team with all the coaching that he's got if he's looking to go that avenue so he's going to have opportunities um, not only just at SAFC, but, you know, but elsewhere that, that, you know, he could, he could take advantage of if that's the direction he wants to go. Yeah. I mean, there's also coaching. If he wants to go into coaching that the sky's the limit for him, honestly, but I, I don't think his playing career is over. And I think he comes back to SAFC and probably maybe not the number one keeper position, but I mean, he could also be a really good mentor for Carlos, and Carlos even said so in in a in an interview or two. He did. So Cardoni's a really good influence on him, and really bringing him under his wing. Which, yeah, that's that's perfect. Uh, even Jordan could stand to have get some advice from Cardoni, especially since Cardoni's been with uh, Juan La Madrid for so long. And maybe Matt Cardoni is Juan La Madrid's next. Um, um, what's the word I want? Could be the you know, academy goalkeeping coach. Uh, prodigy, prodigy coach. There we go, prodigy coach, or, or the academy goalkeeping coach. I mean, Ryan Rochandel is uh still with the uh, an academy coach. So yeah, I mean, there's that possibility too. And I do want to give a congratulations to Diego Restrepo, uh, becoming goalkeeper coach for DC United. Absolutely. So you know, a former San Antonio FC. Uh, Florida, you know, Florida strikers along those lines, but with us, you know, uh, Austin Fort Bulls, Lauderdale strikers, but yeah, no, um, USL goalkeeper, the of the goalkeeper year. of the year in 2017, Diego Restrepo, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yes. congratulations to him. Yeah, my biggest concern, like, congrats, guess, Diego. With Matt, is just you know, the in, the severity of that injury being a goalkeeper, is it gonna limit to what he can do? You that, know, that's that's oh, the big thing. We don't know what that injury is. We don't know the severity of that injury, and that's why the door is wide open. It's not closed yet because you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. You know. We don't know. I wish. See if you want to tell us. You know, we're more than you know. Our DMs are open. <laughs> don't hold you know, your breath. If it's something with a hip, you know, being a goalkeeping coach, it can limit you, you from doing a lot of things, and and. And just seeing this signing, you know, it, it's probably like that. It's probably maybe their biggest concerns that he may be limited to do certain things, you know, especially like the 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 diving for the balls and so forth. Or you know, you know, or if he gets hurt again, that that could be the end of his career. Or something no, like the hip is a core injury, and it's not yeah. good. I mean, it's it's similar to a knee, where if it. I mean, that's what did um, was it Stuart Holden's career? He was the best mid, the best U.S. midfielder by far when he was playing for Bolton. He got tackled real rough, and he went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, mm, "Your knee's knackered." And he's like, "Okay, well, is that surgery? Do I need a rehab?" He's like, "No, it, it's done." <laughs> 
to the point where Stuart Holden is, what is he, maybe 40, and he just had a metal knee replacement? Like, yeah, you never know. I'm not saying that's what Cardoni's going to be. Maybe Cardoni's at home laughing at us, and he's been running five miles every day just getting ready for the season. So, like I said, that's why the door is open. We don't know. We You can't speculate on that. I will say this. The injury that he got, it's it's one of those injuries that sneaks up on you because I think when we all saw it, we're like, oh, hey, you know, it's a concussion or something head-related had no clue that it was actually his hip that 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 took the bang and, and, and was actually injured do we um, even know it was his hip um well, that's speculation no it was never announced what the injury was we're just speculating we are speculating like doors so open because we don't know the way he landed well just re- re- looking back the way he landed well, we do. Well, we know it's we know it's a lower body injury. It could have been a foot. Announced it. It could have been a foot injury. It could be a knee. But, There's so many things it could have been. We we don't know. But moving on uh, before that here, SAFC announced its uh, preseason uh, schedule here. Uh, we knew about the twelfth. Uh, come back eight days later, play Houston Dynamo two. Can you believe? RGVFC hasn't even come out with the preseason so badly that we had to replace them with Houston Dynamo too. Yes, Good that was what Lord. Edson said. Edson Good said their Lord. season's been so bad that San Antonio FC went to Dynamo two uh, for the here. Open to the public, uh, the 26 against Tulsa, and if you've been to a Tulsa slash you know uh, Tulsa Roughnecks match, they are not exactly the friendliest of friendlies uh, for that here. One month from today, by the way. Yes. One month from today. And then they play on the fifth in a closed door the week before the season starts against El Paso. Um, from my understanding, the El Paso San Antonio matches, even though they've been closed door, has also been uh, very spirited uh, between uh, each side here. It's only four matches. And I know, uh, you know, I have this dream of where, you know, San Antonio FC travels out of the area uh, for camp, but I also know with COVID, it's probably the smartest thing that they can do to kind of keep it local. And then um, it wouldn't shock me that um, they have other other scrimmages. Uh, we'll, we'll say between local local universities or local you know uh, lower level teams uh, that that will be filtered in there. That's you know not going to be known to the public but uh you know that 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 will be going out but this is the public announced uh preseason schedule here but like i said here to me it wouldn't shock me that that there are some scrimmages and stuff against uh other teams that you know they can't disclose especially if it's going against local colleges your thoughts uh royce on 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 the schedule if you have any Man, my mute button is not working with me today. Um, playing FC Dallas, it'll be interesting. We'll see if um, our wingers get to go up against um, new FC Dallas signing uh, Paul Ariola. That'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, Jesus Ferrer, probably see him again. Uh, it's it's very odd. Last year, um, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Last year, no, what was it last? Was it last year that we played FC Dallas in preseason or was it 2020? We play them every year. 
Uh, I mean, at Toyota Field is what I'm saying. Yeah, last year was at Toyota Field. The year before was it was up in FC Dallas. Was it? Yes. I need to look at that. I'm not sure. I think 2020 was, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, what's crazy is that lineup, the last time, there was the last time FC Dallas was at Toyota Field. The three players played for FC Dallas that are now not there anymore and very, very big on a different stage. Ricardo Pepe scored against us, Mm -hmm. if you recall. Um, Crazy uh, how he's exploded. He's in Germany now. Uh, Jesus Ferreira has started some games up top for the USMNT. Uh, He's still with uh, FC Dallas. And then um, Reggie Cannon, the right back, is in Boa Vista uh, in the Portuguese league. Um, And he also played in that game. Crazy to think about that, uh, how those players have gone where they've gone. Um, So that's exciting. It's always exciting to play FC Dallas. That's fun. Um, Houston Dynamo too, meh. It would be like playing a college team, whatever. Even if we were playing Houston Dynamo, it would be like playing a college team. Um, Tulsa would be know, fun. The Dynamo are splashing some cash. They, with the new ownership uh, through there, I think they're going to – I know we're not an MLS podcast, but – Let me make fun of the Dynamo, out. Harry. Let me make fun of them. Um, Tulsa, uh, that, that's always a fun match. Uh, <laughs> what wasn't Tulsa the team that we could never beat and they could never beat us and every single game ended in a tie no matter what no uh, Tulsa except, the one where early ex- on we we dominated them yeah um and then, except for that one game where we played them in a US Open Cup match and they beat us yeah. um playing like a 40-year-old goalkeeper or a 50-year-old goalkeeper embarrassing let's get a revenge um and then locomotive Man, that's yeah, Matt. Our, that's our Texas rival. So <laughs> they don't un, until they show me they deserve it. They don't deserve it. Um, and then I mean, obviously playing El Paso. That's part for the. Course El Paso, cool. I think, is 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 going to be a different team because uh, their coach left. Oh, uh, yeah, for, their coach left. They they have left kind of a for, mass exodus. Yeah. Uh, some players have left. They brought in a new system uh, for Indy 11. Pardon me. Uh, It's going to be a brand new system. Now they still got, you know, Luis Solanag, you know, uh, Seba Velasquez, uh, Diego Lopez, uh, who got called up to the U20 uh, U.S. Men's National Team. They they have some talent. So, yeah. No, they still definitely have talent, but it's definitely going to be a different team that plays in a different way. Uh, I'm sure the coach is going to try to keep things as similar as possible, uh, especially with Lucho up front. It's not hard to leave him up front and just have everything else revolve around him. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see how they play. Obviously, they're going to, I'm pretty sure they had to sign different keepers. Uh, all their keepers, yeah, uh, one of them went back. Yeah, yeah Ketter's gone. And then the dude uh, that was with the um, Timbers that they signed on loan is gone. They brought in so, uh, what uh, Evan Newton, I believe, is who they. That sounds familiar, but I'm not just sure. But... Today. Okay. 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 Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah. No, I mean that that'll be exciting. And like you said, uh, whatever random colleges they play, mostly mo- most likely Trinity because they have that um, relationship. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Your thoughts, Rafa. <laughs> Just great. I mean, 
we can say, I wish I could see a couple more games. <laughs> you know, that especially that Dynamo game. I think it would have been nice to have those the last two games open to the public. Uh, or even or even the Dynamo game, if it's, if it's not going to be a big, big, kind of like a big deal just to see. Maybe see, I think, I think the Dynamo 2, I think the reason that the first two aren't going to be open to the public, the FC Dallas and the um, uh, Houston Dynamo 2 game, games uh i think i think it's gonna be similar to last season where it's gonna be like two or three uh 30 minute um periods i don't think it's gonna be a 45 mm-hmm. i think that tulsa match is gonna be the first 45 uh two well, you know, so off the list is there's no there's no broccoli fc because we did play broccoli fc last year uh you think spurs sports entertainment wants anything to do with that trash organization no they don't no, I'm going to disagree with you on that. No, but we'll, we'll leave it at no. that. We, we got to move on here. Uh, I want to touch on Concacaf because uh, this is a uh, important window uh, for the Concacaf World uh, Cup qualifiers here. So we'll start with you, Rafa. Uh, you know, since we are in San Antonio, and I know there are several several uh, Mexican uh, national team fans um, in the area. Your thoughts on uh, the the uh, the lineups here uh, for the here? They got four goalkeepers, you know, a whole bunch of defenders um, along those lines here, uh, midfielders and forwards here. Anybody that shouldn't be there should be there. Kind of your impressions of of who uh, Tata brought in and. If he doesn't get how many points, uh, how, how, you know, how many points does he have to keep to get to keep his job? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the one guy that should have just left off was the Chaka Rodriguez. He's just, he, he causes, he just doesn't do well defensively. I think, I think they can find someone younger and better, especially from the Olympic team. They can pull up, uh, midfielders. The one player I'm happy they brought back. Is Diego Linus. Diego Linus does give pro- a lot of problems with a lot of, when he does play. He, you know, he, he's he, he's very creative, and if you saw how he played in the in the Olympics. You know, you know he did a lot of great things up for them to get them to that third place spot to the to the bronze medal. So I'm glad. I know. I think Bethes is making a mistake not playing him. There was a rumor supposedly he was going to get loaned out to another. I think to rival Vallecano, but I think that deal kind of fell through, and I think they're going to start playing him more. So he, I'm glad that he's back on there. Um, Fords, those are your typical Fords. Uh, the one, the one that's is going to be missing tomorrow's game is going to be Raul Jimenez. Um, he's still banged up from the Wolverhampton game when playing with Wolverhampton this past week. So. More than likely, you'll probably see either Henry Martin or Fuerez Mori there up top uh, with uh, you know, Lozano and Corona. But, you know, don't be surprised. Uh, Antuna's been playing well, too. So he's he's, he's one of the run, uh, rising stars of that team. Uh, the one player I did wish kind of they brought back, this is out of experience because, you know, you need to put some goals in. Was, was, it's Chicharito. I think with him, he does – you know, he is always there at the right place, the right tennis. You know, they just say, well, he's just a cherry picker and this and that. But sometimes you do need a cherry picker to put ball goals into the into the net. So 
So I'm I'm, I'm confident on this. Uh, like I said, you know, this is. Before we get to that last question, I ask you because I also want to do Royce with the roster, and then we'll uh, bring up the the standings here, uh, and then we'll kind of talk about what we see here. So I kind of jumped the gum on that last question. Royce, uh, the U.S. Men's uh, National Team World Cup qualifying roster, uh, Stefan Turner Johnson, um, although Stefan, I heard, hasn't uh, arrived as of yet uh, mm-hmm. for that here. Cannon Des, Lynn, uh, Lennon McKenzie, Richard Robinson, uh, Robinson Yeldon Zimmerman. Uh, Yeldon also, last I heard, hadn't arrived. Midfield, uh, Adams, Acosta, Latore, Legette, McKinney, Musa, and Roldan. And then up top, uh, Zardes, Wea, Polisic, Pepe, Morris, Friera, Ariola, Aronson. Um, I think some of the complaints that I've heard, a little bit too heavy mls Um your thoughts on the uh, January uh, qualifying roster here? Uh, Zach Steffen is uh, still in England with a back injury, so he's probably not going to make the trip uh, in general. So Matt Turner is probably going to be your starter for all three matches. Um, also, rumor has it that Matt Turner may be um, um, he may be getting signed by Arsenal. So he may have to leave. He may have to go do, um, you know, a physical and everything. So that means Sean Johnson would probably take over at that point, which is why you have four goalkeepers because you're expecting at least one not to be available, possibly two. Um, The interesting part, my gripe about it, is you have one, one natural left back, and that's Anthony Robinson. Sergio Des can play left back, but he's kind of been exposed a couple times and hasn't looked very good. Um Obviously, he is your um, preferred starting right back because of his attacking abilities. Um, so your starting lineup is definitely going to be Anthony Robinson on the left, Sergio Dest on the right. And as far as center backs go, another gripe is uh, where's John Anthony Brooks? Um, he's still the best center back um, that's available to the U.S. in the U.S. pool. Even with um, his poor performances? That is such and, a part. And, and I'm talking about it's a garbage take. team. It's a it's a garbage. It's take. not a garbage take. He has a garbage take. Well, he has. Uh, it's just he's performed well. Um, he should be there. Um, but instead, who you're probably going to have start? You're probably going to have Miles Robinson, and you're probably going to have um, uh, probably Chris Richards um, as the um, as the other uh, center back. Um, and then, as far as the midfield goes, it's going to be the. Um, the uh, the MAM, however you want to call midfield, uh, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and Eunice Musa, um, which is, I think, it, it is the best young midfield as far as international teams go. I think it's one of the easily top five midfield in, in the world. Um, don't come at me. Um, and then um, forwards, um, you're probably going to have uh, – and that'll be interesting. We'll see. I think it's going to be Tim Weah on the right, um, Pulisic on the left, and uh, Pepe in the uh, Pepe is the nine. Um, but it also, I mean, it gives you plenty of options. Brendan Aronson could also could also start. I know uh, Timothy Weah is kind of coming off some injuries, so you may not want to start him the entire time. Brendan Aronson's a good fill-in, um, and then obviously Jesus Ferrer can come in as a nine um, to spell Pepe as well as Giassi Zardes, um, who has a lot of experience there. 
thoughts on the locations playing in Columbus and Minnesota? And the the plan, reason as the, you can see in Canada, but you know that's that's outside of our. Control. There are two huge reasons that they're doing that, despite the weather. Number one, they have to play in Canada in Hamilton. Um, the forecast for the kickoff. Hold on, hold on. Um, my son's over here. Um, two reasons. Number one, they have to play in Canada. They have to play in Hamilton and kickoff temperature is forecasted to be negative 14. So um, you want the players to be used to that. So they're also travel is very easy right. from Travels Minneapolis, Columbus, and Hamilton. They're all within about an hour flight from each other. So uh, you don't want European players to have to fly too long, and you want your players to be acclimated to the cold conditions and they're gonna, that they're going to play three games in. You might as well do it all in the same area. I know there are a lot of complaints, but that's that's why you do it. It's smart, and that's why you do it. I'm not complaining. I, yeah. I understand the logic behind it, Yeah, but that is the big talking point for this window here is – and for me personally, I want, you know, I'm interested in kind of switching to the, you know, FIFA calendar to mm -hmm. see, you know, and I know Canada was going to have what 20, I think it was going to be 28,000. That was, you know, was going to be for their match. And, and due to COVID, they cut it in half. I think it's only going to be what 12 to 14,000, you know, in Something Canada. Like um, but I know for Columbus and I know for Minnesota United, both of them have heated pitches um, along those lines, which is the big issue that I think a lot of people have on switching the calendar here state side is the infrastructure really isn't in place, but in these two facilities, it is, you know, pitch wise, it shouldn't affect the play out, you know, as far as on, on, on the pitch itself. Now the cold weather and along those lines, but if most of the, you know, most of the players are playing in Europe, they've been playing in cold weather. Anyway. That's, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, most of the players that are in Europe are used to playing in the snow. Um, that's, nothing new and most of the players do play there so that's really nothing new so just to kind of recap where we're at because this is a three win uh, three game window here uh canada right now is in first place uh you know the they have an interesting window you know where they're at honduras at el salvador and home against the united states uh, the big thing for Canada, they are also missing uh, probably CONCACAF's best player in Alfonso Davies, uh, who unfortunately is still out. Um, the United States plays at home against El Salvador, Honduras, um, and goes on the road to Canada, but they kind of catch a break, as we mentioned here. Rafa, will go to, with you. Uh, Mexico plays uh, at Jamaica and then home against Costa Rica and Panama. Um you know, I know they've got 14 points. They're sitting in third place tied with Panama at, at, at 14 points. I know there's been rumblings of uh, Tata Seat being warm. I, I think you could kind of say at least. Yeah. How, how many points do they have to get to make sure Tata's still, you know, still there? And and I think at this point, you know, a lot of people are thinking that if you if you can get seven, eight, nine, you know, seven or nine points. Uh, you know, most likely, you, you know, you know, you can book your ticket to, you know, to the World Cup. Yeah, there was an article that said something about that, that if I think the U.S., Canada, Mexico, if they get nine points, basically it's a it's a done deal for, for their ticket to the World Cup. 
um, you know, Mexico kind of has it. I'm not saying easier just because U.S. and U.S. and Canada <laughs> face face each other because they could, you know, depending on the result there. But Mexico, if they can knock off, uh, uh, you know, Jamaica, uh, Panama, uh, Costa Rica, and then like I said, they've beaten Panama and Panama. So they, if they can knock them off, oh, of course they knocked out Costa Rica. I know they tied Panama, but if they can not get those nine points or come out with seven points, they'll be in good shape because all they need to do, like I said, they still have games left over. I think they still have, I think, another game with Jamaica. No, no, another game with uh, with El Salvador that could probably seal the deal there. And, you know, for that same thing, kind of with, like I said, with the other two teams. Um, I think the U.S. probably want, I think they're, they're hoping to get seven points. I think with their seven points, that pretty much will punch their ticket. Canada's kind of the same way, you know, really just winning. They're getting seven points. So it's like I said, uh, what they mentioned about the four. Like I said, Panama's has a lot to lose out of this because they they have to beat Costa Rica and they have to beat Mexico in order to at least get that the last qualifying, uh, the, the guaranteed spot. You know, if they lose to Costa Rica and lose to Mexico, now they're in trouble. You know, even getting to that fourth spot for the playoff with the I think we're one of the Oceania teams. So I think, like I said, the top three threes are in good shape. As long as they can get seven points and above, they'll, they'll be fine. I think Mexico, like I said, uh, that just needs to take it one game at a time. I think we can get, if we can get a time, Jamaica, great, and then just win the two home games. We'll be fine. We'll clinch it. We'll clinch the game against El Salvador. We'll, we'll go to the World Cup again. I'm going to push back on you on that. Mm-hmm. If Mexico ties in Jamaica, I think – just from what, and like I said, I'm not a Mexican national team supporter or anything, but just enough following them around here in San Antonio and Austin from, you know, from the supporters that, that I follow, the pressure on Tata would would intensify if he ties in Jamaica, in my opinion, because, you know, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be continuing the trend of this World Cup cycle for that here. But you remember the, the, game's, the game's over there in Jamaica, right? And I understand that. If it's a if but, it's a loss, if it's a loss, yeah, then. But I think even a tie, because let's be honest, Mexico, Mexico thinks they're the kings of Concacaf. No, we're not. I guess for me, I'm not. We're not the kings right now. Later on, two years from now, that'll be different. But <laughs> now, we're not right now. We're we're just at a transition cycle. And I think what they need to do right now is just, you know, go one game at a time. If you can get points in Jamaica and just win your two home games, you'll be in good shape. And I think I said, I think, you know, Tata realizes that. As long as he has, if he does positive results, like I said, if you get seven points, if you get seven points or more, you're in good shape. If you get less than that, then, yeah, the hot seat is going to get even harder. But I do think the pressure going, if he ties Jamaica – the pressure going into Costa Rica is going to be high. Is going to be very high, and to me, it'll be interesting to see if Mexico can 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 perform, you know, to that pressure. Now, I think they should. To me, I think this window closes out as far as World Cup qualifying. You know, I think I, I think the United States gets seven points. Canada, I think, you know, gets probably four to five points. Uh, you know. Um, you know, along those lines here, four to seven points uh, for that, depending on, you know, if they get two ties or five to seven points, if they get two ties um, and, and, a, and a win, because I don't think they're beating the United States personally. 
Um, but to me, you know, the Panama Costa Rica match, if Panama can win that, and if they can get a point, you know, against Jamaica before the, you know, their final match against uh, Mexico, you know, on February 2nd, I think you're going to have a clear top four now who finishes third, who finishes, you know, who finishes fourth to get the guaranteed spot. I think that'll still be worked out, but I think you'll know your four qualifiers possibly at the end of this, at the end of this window here. Uh, Royce, your thoughts on the United States. I know you've been dealing with a little bit of uh, yeah. duty here. Yeah. My kid and my dog barely knocked over my freaking back. <laughs> Amazing. That's uh life of a dad. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Best job I've ever had for exactly those reasons. <laughs> it humbles you real fast. Um, what were we talking about? No, I'm joking. Um, no, the U.S. tied Jamaica as well at Jamaica. I would not be surprised if Mexico also ties Jamaica at Jamaica. They're tough to play um, in Jamaica. That field sucks, so that's an advantage. And they have Mikel Antonio, and Mexico does not have the best center backs in the world he can boss and have his way against um, all of the, the, the Mexican center backs that it, that was their Achilles heel this entire summer, especially against the U S. So I wouldn't doubt if Mikhail Antonio scores a hat trick against uh, against Mexico and actually wins at that. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying that would not surprise me. Um, as far as uh, the U S going into this window, um, seven points five points minimum seven points is what you should get nine points would not surprise me especially canada might uh being down alfonso davies that's that's rough um like you said he he is without He's a difference maker yeah. he is without question the best player in Concacaf, um bar none um possibly ever um so yeah, that's. I don't know if I go that far, but yeah, I will. I will. I will. Um, you don't have to because I will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, as long as Canada and the U.S. and Mexico get their five points, I think they put themselves. They separate themselves very well with Panama because I don't see Panama doing very well. Um, and Costa Rica even has a really, I mean, they're all they're already five points behind. So I think if Mexico, U.S. and Canada get those five points at least, I think they're sitting pretty. And I think that's your top three going to the World Cup um, uh, in December. Final thoughts. Um, oh, there is one other thing that I forgot to announce. USL, or two things. One, the Open Cup has finally been set at 103 has teams. It, has it finally? Because um, they kept delaying it? They it came out Friday, or not Friday, yesterday uh, at about 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, announcing 103 teams. The NISA drama is, is that there's three teams that are out, Chicago House, New Jersey, Amsterdam, and Stumptown, which we kind of figured Stumptown was because they were being sold. The NISA drama is Stumped, is, is uh, New Amsterdam and Chicago House, um, which are owned by a husband-wife combo uh, for that here. Uh, so that's kind of skirting the PLS requirements uh, to, you because know, you're only supposed to be able to own one professional uh, sports team per uh, the PLS requirements. Um, but technically, a husband and a wife does. Uh, but uh, there's uh, NISA drama, uh, or, you know, NISA drama as far as uh, 
who's in, who's out, but there's 10 NISA teams, although they're saying, hey, we're we're still thinking about it, although schedule has to be out next uh, by the 31st per, you know, per league requirement or per, per uh, U.S. soccer requirements. So draw always in U.S. soccer. Um, no way. Uh, positive. <laughs> Uh, USL Championship on Twitter announced that a new club is to be announced tomorrow. A new championship club, which I think is kind of surprising. Uh, Des Moines uh, uh, is the, well, it, it's the rumor, um, but, you know, um, Pro Iowa, I think is, is the Twitter account, said that there's an announcement tomorrow. The uh, picture that um, USL Championship posted, you know, for the announcement uh, is a picture of downtown Des Moines. So I think you can put two, and, uh, two, put two together. Two and yeah, do the math. Yeah, <laughs> for that year. So uh, that's exciting news. Uh, the Athenians announced their first player. Um, once they announce a few more players, here we'll kind of go into that. Yep. Um, if you haven't checked out uh, US uh, UWS Weekly, uh, the uh, the new technical director on there had about a twenty five minute interview with uh, John from USL Weekly. Uh, kind of give an update on uh, the Athenians. So uh, they did, you know, like I said, it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful, uh, uh, you know, discussion on what the Athenians and Soccer Central's, uh, you know, doing out there uh, for that here. <sighs> Final thoughts, guys. Uh, I know it's a long one. I know, Rafa, you know, you had the long spell up top. Royce, you know, you had the long spell at the end with the SAFC. Uh, I know uh, Royce has got kids, kid duty and dog duty coming up here. So we'll start with you and your final thoughts. So that way you can get out. Um, I don't have any more thoughts. I'm done. <laughs> Rafa, anything uh, for you? Uh, just final thoughts. Uh, if you haven't taken your shot, get your shot. Get, let's, let's get, get this over with. You know, I want to go to some big concerts coming up. I have Judas Priest coming up. I have Motley Crue coming up, and I have Iron Maiden coming up. So <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it together, guys. <laughs> I, I got I got Rammstein in September. Hopefully that doesn't get freaking. And, and also the 40th anniversary for Wasp in November. So I'm going to that one too. So. There you go, Wasp. Oh my God, you're so hair metal. Oh God, so 80s. But that, this is the final thought. And, um, besides that, and also like I said, um, you know. You know, good luck to all the teams this weekend. And like I said, hopefully I'll do make my way out to Hondo on, on Friday to go check out Hondo versus Petit and possibly a, maybe a, a game on Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, I, I guess real quick. Sorry to jump on. I just thought about it. Uh, Cracketeers um, AGM is on Saturday at 1 at Alamo Draft. Um, uh, not Alamo Draft House. What is it? Alamo Beer... Beer Garden, Alamo Beer Garden. That's the one I'm looking for. I am tired. Um, so if you want to go get some, uh, I know they're going to have uh, some SSNE officials there, and they're going to give away some. Uh, Actually, a pretty big one. Uh, Bobby Perez, yeah. which is the chief legal officer and general counsel of Spurs Sports and Entertainment. There you go. Uh, for that here, I actually had this queued up here. For that here. Door prizes can be uh, four spurs, floor seats, merchandise, and crocketeers tailgate gift packs. Obviously, announcements. Um, you know, if you want to be able to vote, uh, vote for the board elections, make sure you've updated your, you know, if you go to crocketeers.com, make sure you've updated your 2022 uh, membership to save time. Uh, but it's at 1 p.m. I know Rafa has mentioned he's most likely going to the, the big Taft um, 
Bren, uh, Brennan, uh, Brennan game, uh, most likely. Um, I know I'm going to be going to that just, you know, for that here. If you're, you know, I'm not sure if Mission City's still around or 210 Alliance, if you guys are having any an annual annual meetings, please let us know. Yeah, reach you know, out. I know uh, 210, 210 Alliance and the Crocketeers both attended the, was it the ICS supporters meeting out in Portland? Um, so we'll probably, I know uh, uh, James Hope and Jenica will be uh, giving, you know, kind of a discussion on those um, as far as for the supporters culture on the macro level of U.S. soccer that covers MLS, uh, USL, uh, NISA, uh, NWSL uh, for that here. So um, if, if you're able to attend, uh, please do one o'clock Saturday, January 29th. Uh, Alamo Beer Company, uh, and the address is there. My final thought is also on the 31st, uh, voter registration. Um, you know, no, I don't care who you vote for. Solid. Go to votetexas.gov. Uh, check that, am I registered? Um, you know, just make sure you're registered to vote, because if not, you got to be registered by the 31st. And pay attention to how you register because, uh, you know, registrations are being rejected and along those lines, or not registrations are being elected, but uh, um, ballots, ballots, ballots are being rejected. Provisional because, ballots are being rejected yeah. depending sure on how I, you register. So just, you know, I don't care who you vote for. Just, you know, if you want to partake, you know, in, in being able to vote, just make sure you're you Go vote. Yeah. Yes. So. Just make sure make sure you do that here. It's 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 an important you know like I said here it's 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 a great thing that we do um, as a country. Uh, you know for that here, even though people don't believe in results, but we'll we'll move on beyond. That. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. Go we vote. Can't leave that here, but uh, go vote. I should, shouldn't go shouldn't, vote. shouldn't have done that. Voting rights are important. Get the rock. Vote. You know, get get your vote on. That's uh, what but, sets America apart from everybody else. Go vote democracy. Let's do it. But uh, what's life without goals? Uh, thank you, Royce. Thank you, Rafa. We're out of here. See you.